the Bill Michaels Show. We are broadcasting live. We're out here at the uh, distillery. We're in Grafton. And uh, it's been a great day. Been a hell of a day. Good crowd. Good to have you. Good to have you. Thanks for coming out and hanging out with us today. And uh, our guy, Mike Clements, uh, now making his way in. Getting all set up. How you doing, man? Good. The changeover at totally, the top of the hour doesn't give you much time, does totally it? Totally enjoyed listening to you and Mr. Larrabee, who not only makes it the most exciting to listen to just as a play-by-play announcer, but the dude is prepped. I mean, he yeah. not only can tell you about the team he covers, you know, yeah. upside down. He can tell you, about, tell you about the other teams. Yeah. He can give you the history and all that. He's He actually just seems to be getting better at this every year he does. Yeah. He really does. He's And, I, and you know something? He probably... Maybe he doesn't want me to talk about this. He knows Aaron Rodgers extremely well. For the last uh, 15, 16 years, yeah. at the end of the Thursday afternoon locker room, yeah. after practice, uh, the last parting shot you have when they say, okay, folks, it's time to leave for the media, because yeah. these guys are going to go to a meeting, it's Aaron Rodgers and Wayne Larrabee sitting at uh, Aaron's locker, sitting yeah. down. And Wayne's got that big card that he uses right? with, you know, information like the kind of the depth chart. Yeah. And there's Aaron Rodgers saying, all right, here's what to look for from this safety. Here's what to look for from this corner. Here's what to look for. He gives them the whole breakdown yeah. of his experience of the upcoming opposing defense. Right. And the stuff that Wayne should be prepared to call for in a game. I don't, you know, I don't. I don't know anybody that gets that kind of access, but right. Wayne and Aaron are that close because they want to try and get it right when they're doing when they're calling the game. So when we say, and I asked Wayne at the the very last question, next year we're sitting or this year we're sitting at training camp at the end of July, and we're uh, you know kind of watching what things are going to be happening and who is going to be under center. And, he's, and I say, do you get the feeling it's going to be Aaron Rodgers? And he says, I have, you know, kind of more of the, the emotional side of things. Yes, the feeling that it could possibly end up that way. So I should take it with more than a grain of salt that Wayne feels that uh, uh, Aaron will be back in Green Bay as the quarterback of the Packers for the 2023 season. There's all kinds of little things that Aaron Rodgers did this past year that made me think he was on his silent victory lap. Yeah. I think he was hoping he was going to be able to get an offense together by midseason that he knew he was coming in with a bunch of rookies, that he talked about offenses way behind. He said that during training camp. Yeah. And, you know, you say those kinds of things almost every year. It takes a while for offense to find the rhythm. Defense starts out, blah, blah, blah. Defense sees the same plays every day and day. They start getting picks. In practice, the you know, the media gets all excited. Right. But there were things that he did um, – that I've told you about in the car rides, you know, yeah. taking photos with staffers and things like that. Like, well, that's kind of strange. And you ask the staffer, and he says, yeah, he, I don't know why. He, he asked me. Yeah. I mean, it kind of felt like the just in case. Right. And not that he wants to play for somebody else, but, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that goes on. I mean, and and he, he takes it all into account he takes it all into consideration and he doesn't assume that he has as much control as he has a contract that's going to pay him nearly 60 million dollars this year six guys that he specifically said 
these are the guys, you know, from Mason Crosby and Mercedes Lewis and Randall Cobb on down. These are the guys I want to see back next year. And whatever other demands he makes, you know, hey, and and here's who my quarterback coach will be, Tom right, Clements. Right. And anything else that's on his writer. Yeah. Um, still, that doesn't mean that the team at the end of the day can't just say, you know what, you've been traded. So he's opened up all kinds of lines of communication that the that the franchise never had before. I believe some of the stuff that Mark Murphy said that when he fired Mike McCarthy and, you know, and Ted Thompson had stepped down the year before, that some of these things Rodgers recognized as well, the silos. Like, yeah. I'm a veteran player. Why, you know, let me in on some of this stuff. Right. Because Aaron has been watching Tom Brady year after year after year and saying, I want what he has. Well, he's got access to the head coach. He's got access to the owner. I don't have any of that. Right. And he gets together with Tom Brady. And he says, well, what are they? Aaron, geez, you're, you know, you've already won one Super Bowl. You've won MVPs. You, you don't have that kind of access there? Why not? <laughs> right? Yeah. It was, you know, and, and Ted made it a point to not mix and mingle, to stay distant, you know. And with with anybody, with, well, yeah, with anybody. Brian Gutekunst right. told us, told me, told me, on draft night, in the last two or three weeks leading up, he says, Goody says, I finally figured out when we got to Jordy Nelson. Every year, there'd be like these top 10, 15 guys. What do you think about this player? What do you think about that player? You know, what are our needs? All that. And I'll tell you, these this particular regime under Goody and Lafleur. There's a whole lot more being asked of the position coaches. Here's some tape. Right. Go look at these guys. We want your input. And we're also, you know, we're evaluating you depending on what you see on the tape. Right. So you better come back with some pretty good intel on these players. I don't think that happened before. I think the way Ted ran it, his silo, you know, pre uh, Goodikins, was to say, um, hey, you know, the scouts, I don't want you talking to coaches. I certainly don't want you talking to players. Certainly don't talk to the media. This is all top secret information. And I think there's more of that share of the information in the front office. But Gudikins is the one that told me that, you know, here I'm working my tail off along with Elliot Wolf and the rest of those guys. And then Ted would say, well, what do you think about this uh, Jordy guy? And he might ask a few questions like, oh, okay. And then he'd take Jordy and he'd move him down to about the fourth, fourth round. You know? <laughs> right. And then he, he ends up picking them, you know, at the top of the draft. Yeah. And and he said, that's when I figured out he doesn't even trust us. Yeah. He doesn't even trust the guys that work with him. Right. As to who his first pick was going to be. So all the stuff that's going on this week, Mike, I, I mean, we can start wherever you want to start. But um, I, I, I gave the synopsis in the first hour of the show today. And I said, I know there's a lot of people that when you talk about Rodgers, that say there's 70% when we did the poll of almost 4,000 people that voted that said trade him, time to trade him. And 30% said no, hang on to him, he gives you a chance to win, run it back. And I said, my head says, the analytics side of me says, if you get enough for him that you can then take one year of a hit, jump start it, Jordan Love, draft picks, cap relief, that's probably the smartest thing to do as an organization. My heart, my green and gold glasses say, you're going to run it back. 
You're going to accentuate what you have. You're also going to have Bach is going to be healthy. Elton Jenkins is going to be healthy. Your offensive line pretty solidified. Your running back core is pretty good. You've got two, three wide receivers that are young coming into their second year. You pick up another veteran. You add maybe to that tight end pool, add some depth in the draft on the defensive front, maybe replace Adrian Amos, <clears throat> get this thing back and run it back again. But I think the legacy side of me says Rodgers wants to win another one in Green Bay. Murphy wants to win another one with him in Green Bay before he walks away because that's coming. All of this, there, there's this, we got to get this. There's this sense oh. of we got to get this. So there's no bigger Packer fan than Bob Harlan. Right. And Bob Harlan would say the right thing to do is to get one more ring for Aaron Rodgers. Right. To, to, to solve the puzzle, sol- solve the Rubik's Cube. Do what we couldn't seem to figure out to do with Brett, with perfect hindsight. And, and Ben, there's a cut one that I'm going to ask for here in just a second. Um, to to get to that point where, you know, you, you can close the door and get the guy back in the Super Bowl and give him another shot to get a ring. Now, they've, they've come close. Uh, when you talk about the last 25 years history of the franchise, they made a mistake in having Mike Sherman. Mike Sherman is the general manager there for five right. years and making the picks. And so that didn't help Brett Favre at all. And he got darn close, you know, with Ted Thompson. So the big question for this is people th- assume that Aaron Rodgers, you know, silently dreams about, yeah, I'd like to finish up as the 49ers quarterback because that's the team I grew up with. Or, or wouldn't it be cool? Maybe right now he could go to L.A. Yeah. I mean, Matthew Stafford, you know, would Sean McVay rather have Aaron Rodgers or Matthew Stafford? Oh, and R.P. Rodgers. To try and get him make another yeah. run in a year or two here. But Aaron Rodgers was asked on Tuesday in the McAfee show, point blank, he says, have you ever thought about being a free agent and playing for another team? Uh, I've never been a free agent, um, which is pretty wild. I've never gotten to the end of my contract. So to even think about being in another uniform never really crossed my mind just because I was uh, I got a second contract in my fourth out of fifth year, five years. Um and then each successive contract was with at least a year left on the deal. So there was never a time where you're thinking like, oh, I might be another uniform. And I've just never thought that way. You know, even when Jordan was drafted, I thought that might be a possibility for sure. I might not finish in Green Bay. Uh, then I won two COVID MVPs. And it, you know, obviously seemed a lot less likely. Um, but you never know. I mean, Anytime there's a situation where change is possible, what's the old adage, you know, that people want to say, oh, the grass isn't always greener, you know, on the other side. And I always say, the grass is green where you water it. And I think that's the most important thing to remember. Uh, Change is is a part of this business. It's a part of life. And I think being open to it and embracing whatever that change looks like is an important part of coming to peace with whatever decision lies lies ahead of you. And I think that's the most important uh, kind of peace I want to get to is um, mentally feeling good about uh, where I'm at. If I want to hang it up and, and do that, uh, having the peace to do that, if I want to keep going, um, understanding all possibilities that are involved, um, which is not too dissimilar to this season. We were in a big rut, and I was thinking – uh, a lot of us were older guys. You know, if we lose another game, we could be out of this thing. They could be playing the young guys and could be uh, kick these guys on down the road. And, uh, again, you know, in a victim culture, uh, you know, that might stimulate to trigger people to be like, oh, man, like, you know, nobody cares about me anymore, blah, blah, 
Look what they're doing to me and all this shit. It's like, I don't operate that way. I came to a piece about it and understood this is a business. It's been great to me. Uh, it's an incredible profession. It's a tough business, though. It's tough on everybody. And there's, there's stretches where you're on top of the world and stretches where they're kicking you when you're down. And I think to find peace in both of those extremes is an important part of being able to navigate this thing uh, with, uh, with a clear mind. And I don't think it's a, a bad thing that people don't like talking about this kind of shit, right? It's, you know, it's, it's taboo to talk about, uh, you know, some of these, some of these ideas. But, but to be open to the possibility, if I want to keep playing, that it might be somewhere else, I understand that. I understand they might want to move on and, 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 and go younger at a number of different positions. That's a part of it. Uh, there, again, th when I think about that thought, because it's important to, to understand that, to have some peace with that, because there is a lot that's out of your control. Um, not with any malice. It's not with any animosity. It's with complete gratitude for an incredible organization that's done a ton for me. I've been there 18 years. I have lifelong friends in that organization. I have lifelong memories. I've made some of my closest friends in my life because I was drafted by the Green Bay Packers and they paid me multiple contracts and had amazing success. I met some just really special, special people. So why would I have any animosity toward that, you know? And on the flip side, hopefully there wouldn't be any animosity if that was a decision at some point. Because I have nothing but love for the fans and the and amazing people I've met over the years at different events and out at fresh time at the grocery store or at Barnes & Noble picking up some books or whatever wow. it might be. It's a it's a beautiful a beautiful town. So, um, you know, I think there's there's been uh, a, a lot of... A lot of fun dreaming about retiring as a Packer because there's something really special about that. But if the competitive hole is, is uh, still needs to be satiated and and it, it's time to move on, then I, you know I hope everybody would uh, would look at that with uh, a lot of gratitude and not any uh, resentment. Or even on the flip side, you know, yeah, let's get rid of this old guy. Like it's you know it's time to, time to move on. I hope there's some gratitude on on both sides if that happens. But again, uh, that doesn't. That doesn't uh, open, you know, the door for any really conjecture, honestly, on my side. And I'm not saying that to be cryptic. Um, I got to figure out what I want to do, and then, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see where all the parties are at, and and, uh, and what kind of transpires after that. See, that's the Aaron Rodgers that's on the phone at nine o'clock at night on a Tuesday talking to Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. Or Randall Cobb. The, the, the guy that's just very frank and open and honest. And he's going through yeah. all the different options. All the different things that could happen. And and that's the way this guy thinks. that, And that's, that's what's going on. That's why he can't make a decision right now. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. We have got uh, Mike Clemens in the house with us. We are broadcasting live, as you can see, that are watching on the Bud Light live stream. We're at the Stillery. We're in Grafton, Wisconsin. And uh, coming up here in about uh, about 45 minutes, going to give away a 55-inch big screen TV as well. Stay tuned. we got more of this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Bay Family Motel in Green Bay. BayMotelGreenBay.com. That is BayMotelGreenBay.com. It's quiet, cozy, comfortable. And uh, don't forget the Bay Family Restaurant featuring homestyle cooking seven days a week on South Military Avenue in Green Bay. Call them today for reservations, 920 494 3441-920-494-3441 or go online again baymotelgreenbay.com they bring you Mike Clemens we've got more coming up right after this Ready? this is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network
NBA. That might be a play to get him a little life and a little confidence. You're going to see Kittle. He's not even really part of the route. This is just scramble drill. Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy kind of breaks the cardinal rule. You never throw the ball back across the middle of the field. But in this case, George Kittle makes a circus one-hand catch. I mean, it's, uh, it was a bootleg. <laughs> Uh, me and Juicer on the backside selling the outside zone away to get the defensive end across our face. I'm literally not even in the read, so I just saw kind of a space, and he hadn't thrown it yet, so I was just going up the field, and you know, he gave me a catchable ball, and I was just trying to be dramatic. Just for TV, man. It's just for TV. Just trying to be a little dramatic, you know, get the ratings up. That's all we're here for. There you go. Welcome back to the program. The voice of George Kittle there at the end. We are broadcasting live. We're at the Sillery. Uh, 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 we're here in Grafton, Wisconsin. Uh, tremendous place, not only for food. It's far, far better than just pub food, but uh, different beers, but known for their whiskey selection here. And they just opened not that long ago. A tremendous place. And we thank everybody for coming out and joining us. We're going to give away that 55-inch big screen TV coming up here in about 40 minutes. Stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Mike Clemens alongside. Uh, and so, Mike, um, you know, the 49ers, as we start to look to the AFC and the NFC Championship games, 49ers, tall task ahead. And when you talk about a, a young guy in Brock Purdy who has not lost 7-0 and uh, as Mr. Irrelevant, but now he's got to go into Philadelphia to try to get a win. You know, and I'll tell you, of all four teams this weekend, because he's only been out there for seven games, it, to me, at this level now, for a conference championship game, he might be the most vulnerable. And I think that this is something that, that Kyle Shanahan's got to keep in mind because you're going to go up against this this uh, Eagles defense with you know Fletcher Cox and Graham and uh, bringing in uh, Edwards you know, from the middle linebacker. And, you know, the thing about it, in watching a couple of the last few games with Brock Purdy, straight back, you know, uh, drop back quarterback, but a little inexperienced, and he does a great job of getting the ball out of his hands. And he's following the Shanahan playbook to a T. So what do you do to disrupt that? You know, if you can get pressure on him, you, you've seen a couple times he starts turning and running back, or he starts turning and running to his left, which makes it more difficult to throw. So I would think that the Eagles are going to try and figure out a way pressure him bring the pressure from the right hand side so you can see it coming right and see if you can get him off of his step from the right hand side um and get him going to the left or back and then he might make a mistake for you you know but he's he's been really sharp so far so kyle shanahan knows that and he talked about you know what his approach is to protecting brock purdy and matching the eagles tough defense so you try to put guys in position to beat their players, and um, they got pretty good players too. And on top of it, when you have a real good pass rush with good back end with all seven of those guys, it just combines for making everything more difficult. So give me your thoughts on this offense overall, because the one thing that if I'm the Eagles, it's kind of like pick your poison defensively speaking. You're trying to either take Christian McCaffrey, stop the run game, and just make Brock Purdy win it, especially if they get up. Uh, to me, that would be... You obviously want to lead, but if you can get Brock Purdy to have to win that game with his arm, that might be an easier task than trying to say uh, down the stretch, stop Christian McCaffrey in the run game. Right, and you got Kittle playing out of his mind. You got Debo Samuel back there. I think he still might be questionable, but you know, obviously he'll he'll suit up and play this game. But outside of AJ Brown going from Tennessee to the Eagles, which ended up costing the Tennessee. Titans uh, general manager his job right. for stupidity. 
Um, the 49ers, John Lynch making that deal with the Panthers to get Christian McCaffrey out of there, giving up some draft picks, but putting that guy in the, in the backfield now, that's, that looks brilliant right now. And you got, you know, McCaffrey so excited to have this opportunity finally to be this deep uh, in the playoffs. And so he was asked, what does he think about the blocking schemes he's had to learn under Kyle Shanahan with that outside run zone offense and the offensive line that the 49ers have? I feel great running about. Yeah, I mean, they're they're so talented and so detail-oriented, and I think just understanding the purpose for every play is important and where we want to go with the ball and, and the coaching points on each play, so I feel comfortable. The interesting thing is going to be playing on the road in that atmosphere because we know Lincoln Financial is going to be just loud. It's going to be off the hook come come Sunday afternoon. Crazy loud. Yeah. Crazy loud. And uh, so the, now you put you know, the young quarterback, Brock Purdy, into that situation. And he said, Bill, uh, I thought this was interesting that, you know what, one of the first things they've been doing at practice all this week is working on the silent cl- the silent count, preparing for those loud Eagle fans Sunday at the Lincoln Philly. You know, when we played Seattle that week and everything, he, he did say it was good preparation for what, you know, we were um, or what we might have to, you know, play in in terms of the playoffs, you know, going on the road for road games and obviously for Philadelphia. Um and it's just every, like everything, you know, in, the, in these kind of games is all about communication. How can you operate smoothly, get, get in and out of the huddle, get the play off in the right way, make sure everyone's on the same page. So it's definitely a big uh, emphasis this week just at practice with the little things, the details of uh, communicating and being on, on, on point. Um, and that starts with the cadence. So it's going to be huge for us. It is uh, Brock Purdy who is now in rarefied air as a rookie going into this it's it's not many rookies that get to this point i mean granted he's got the number one overall defense behind him but uh he's he's kind of in rarefied air here now he is and you know a guy like purdy coming in and doing what he's doing right to be one game away from the super bowl just literally off the bench and mr irrelevant the last guy picked in the draft reminds me of a moment when we were in miami and it was 49ers against the chiefs uh-huh. And Roger Goodell is up there, and everyone was talking about whenever these analysts on ESPN on Sundays would talk about, well, who's the best quarterback? Well, you know, it's, it's Tom Brady, it's Drew Brees, it's it's Aaron Rodgers, and Brees was had one more year left to play, as we learned. Okay, right. Roger Goodell got up there. He says it's been a great year for NFL football. We've got this going on, we got this going on, and look at the youth at quarterbacks. You know, we got this great Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, yeah. and he named two or three. Uh, the other quarterbacks, you know, and up against Jimmy Garoppolo. Three years ago, he's already talking about the new wave. There right. was no mentions of the Bradys, the Rodgers, or the Drews, or Drew Brees, or those guys. Yeah. And I thought, see, this is the way these owners think. This is the way Goodell thinks is, let's find the new stars. Right. Let's sell these guys. This is, And so Brock Purdy, I thought this was great, though. Talk about kind of a uh, an old school guy. He was t- told, do you realize the last rookie quarterback to have a quarterback rating of 100 or more in a couple of these games was Dan Marino 30 years ago. And here's what Purdy said about that. Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty cool. Um, you know, I'm not big on stats and all that kind of stuff, but um, when it's Dan Marino, man, like, that's pretty cool. I mean, I grew up a Miami Dolphins fan, and then we were all Dolphins fans growing up. And I, honest, I wear 13 because of Dan Marino and everything. So to have that kind of stat, I think, it's pretty cool, you know, to take a step back and, and be thankful and grateful for where you're at. But 
I'm not, again, like I said, I don't get wrapped up in it. It's not my driving force or, or goal to break this record or anything like that. It just happens. So, but yeah, very thankful. I mean, that, that would be like a guy in his 30s who grew up watching Favre saying, yeah, I want to be just like Bart Starr someday. Yeah. From where this guy is. Right. At. But Marino was his dad's player. And that's, well, I mean, I just think that's pretty cool. He's, yeah. He wears 13 because of Dan Marino. That's pretty sharp. The uh, the news broke earlier today that D'Amico Ryans is uh, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers is now one of the front runners for the job in Houston. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, while he's interviewing there, you wonder how much of a distraction it is because he's got to get ready for Jalen Hurts and what this offense of the Eagles has to produce. Yeah, D'Amico Ryans, he was a linebacker. He played for a while uh, with the Houston Texans. Um, and so he's talking about he's got to go up against the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, the shoulder seems to be okay. He's such a mobile quarterback. And how much has he grown since they last faced him back in 2021? Jalen is looking a lot more comfortable than the offense. And scheme-wise, it seems like they've put in more concepts that he's more comfortable with. And he has a really great command of the offense. He's decisive with where he's going with the ball. And he has, uh, they surround him with a lot of playmakers, you know, adding A.J. Browns, a lot of playmakers around him. Smith, Brown, the backs, tight ends. Like, they have a really good core of guys who, you know, he distributes the ball really well. And those guys uh, are really good after they catch the ball of creating, you know, making a guy miss and creating space and uh, creating, you know, getting more yards after the catch. So they've done a really good job, I think, of just tailoring the offense around Jalen. That's what makes them look more comfortable. Let's do this. We're going to step out. We're going to take a quick break. We're broadcasting live with Distillery. We're here in Grafton, Wisconsin. Mike Clemens alongside. We are uh, about 28 minutes away from giving away the big screen TV. So somebody here today is walking home with that big TV off to my left. You're right if you're watching us at home. We're going to step out. We'll be back. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after the This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. preparation that we put in to get um, to where we are, but I think executing is the more, most important thing out of all of it. Welcome back to the program, the Bill Michael Show. We are live. We're at the Distillery and Grafted, which is a tremendous place. Mike Clemens alongside. I'm Bill Michaels. want to say thanks to some of our sponsors, J&L Tire Service, Lyle and the gang out in uh, Johnson Creek. Don't forget to continue to support them. Also, our friends at the ICHC, the Irish Heritage Center, the Irish Heritage and Cultural Center on Wisconsin Avenue, downtown Milwaukee. Thanks to them as well. ICHC.net. That is ICHC.net. Bay Family Motel up in Green Bay, the Bay Motel, Green Bay.com. Bay Motel, Green Bay.com. They bring you Mike Clemens as well. 
So getting back into it as we start to prep for this game and what's upcoming, uh, Nick Sirianni and the Philadelphia Eagles, they're, every, they're the number one overall seed. They're at home. Um, they've got a rookie quarterback who was Mr. Irrelevant coming in, but they still have to face up against that number one overall defense. Yeah, and it's interesting. So the first game Sunday for the NFC Championship kicks off at 2 o'clock uh, Wisconsin time, Central time. And the weather in Philly is going to be like in the upper 40s. Not so yeah, bad. Kind of balmy for that time of year. Yeah. Uh, and and then the, the second game kicks off at 530 down at Arrowhead with the Chiefs and the Bengals. And that could be temps in around 22, 23 degrees. Just kind of the opposite of what you'd think. But uh, Sirianni, this guy who's, you know, lots of energy, uh, up and down, working up and down the sidelines. He was talking about the reputation of the fans at Lincoln Financial Field on a big game day like this. The reputation of being able, having to come into Philadelphia and play um, is the reputation that we have because it is that it's intimidating and it's loud and it's um, and it's hype. It is loud, it's hype, but the reputation isn't necessarily all about just being loud and hypeful. It can be obnoxiously obnoxious. I right. guess might be the best way to put it. At least that's a reputation, although it's not. I don't care. I don't think that bad, but. <laughs> ben Kenny not liking it back there. Uh, but when you got guys that... Who is uh, that, by the way? That, that is... Uh, who, who's saying the I don't care, Ben? Dan who Campbell. Dan Campbell. Oh, Dan Campbell from the Dan Lions. Dan Campbell, okay, yeah. 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 Uh, after beating the Packers. Right. Yeah, so now we started that break with Jalen Hurts. I mean, I really like what... How strong a vocal leader that kid has been. Right. You know, in just the last year and a half. And then you go to a veteran like Fletcher Cox... We're like, okay, you know, you're all set up, man. You're the number one seed. You got the home field advantage. You got the screaming Eagle fans up there. Right. Um, what could possibly go wrong, right? Uh-huh. And so he talks about, look, my biggest concern is that the younger players we've got on this team, we're, and we're loaded with veterans, but the youngest players we've got, they need to understand the level of play needed for this game against San Francisco. Uh, it's an NFC championship, and uh, you also want to make sure that, you know, guys are staying focused, especially younger guys. It's never been um, been um, um, to this level of, of play um, and, into the postseason. And then on the other side of the coin, you got Jason Kelsey, the veteran center for the Eagles, the brother of Travis from the Chiefs. Right. He says, nah, chill out, man. Don't Don't get away from the routine that got you here. The formula and everything is the same. You, know, you, you lock in during the week, you work hard, you practice hard, you work on your fundamentals and techniques and, you know, trust your coaching and go out there and, uh, and play. Uh, by the way, if Philadelphia wins the Super Bowl, I want to watch their victory parade just so I could see Kelsey dress up again. The way he oh, did. yeah, yeah, yeah. The way he did the last time they won it. Drunk right. and out of his mind with one of the most inspirational yeah. drunken ramblings wow. in uh, post uh, get, getting a Super Bowl win speeches. And our producer, awesome. Ben Kenny, arrested for being shirtless in the streets of Philadelphia. <laughs> That's right. I was drunk, now, not arrested. No, <laughs> There's a drop in right there. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, you know, Howie Roseman, man, I, how, did he, how did he win a Super Bowl, tank, Got his coach fired and Doug Peterson and back here and he's back at the Super Bowl again. Yeah. And we're sitting here with Aaron Rodgers for 12, 13 years since the right. 2010 Super Bowl saying, what? What? They're exactly. back in it. Yep. Uh, yeah. And uh, so he bring, you know, Nadamika Sue sat there. And uh, again, let's look at careers. 
Now, Dominic Sue, and all those years of misery with the Lions, uh-huh. and a cup of coffee with the Dolphins, we was pretty much a quitter. But then he hooks up with the, the Bucks, you know, and he, oh, he was with the Rams. He got to go to a Super Bowl with the Rams, got a ring with, with the Bucks. wants to get another ring for his other kid. He's got, like, twins or something. He's 36 years old. And then how he also signs, you know, Vikes, the Vikings, Linville Joseph. He's 34. He's still right. playing. Big dude that the Packers had to block all those years. How much, we asked to Sue, how much of a difference do, do, do those two guys think they've made on the Eagles' defensive line? I think Wimbledon and myself have added some value in that particular space, but I think there's some great talents with obviously Fletcher and Grave and Mills and Jordan uh, and just adding some more depth to, to that particular piece. Uh, it's something that I've always prided myself on, being a part of a number one defense that's shut down runs uh, and set records in the NFL. Uh, so I want to be a part of that as well, but also uh, be able to get after the pastor as well. As a professional, you got to understand you got to earn your way through this through this career. Uh, and you got to earn your way to the Super Bowl. So this will hopefully be my third, but first and foremost, you got to take care of business, uh, the NFC Championship, and being focused and detailed and oriented to be able to say, all right, we're going to take care of business here first, and then obviously we'll have two great weeks to, to prepare for a Super Bowl. So only 30, he's 36 years old. He may only get 25 snaps in a game or something like that. Right. But you hear the experience in that guy's voice. Yep. yep. It gets you through that gets you through this weekend. I mean, that's a brilliant move to sign a guy like that. I've got uh, Philadelphia winning uh, over the 49ers, but down in uh, KC, it's going to be cold. The weather's going to be much colder in KC by about 20, 25 degrees difference. Uh, both of those teams, the uh, Chiefs and Bengals, practicing outside today, getting ready for the colder weather. Uh, but the weapon Cincinnati has coming into this game, undeniable. Although I think the uh, the Bengals mentioned that they, they are going to use their new indoor facility for their final walkthroughs, something they didn't have a couple of years yeah, ago, right. right? They finally got <laughs> something. That, I mean, can you imagine they have to do walkthroughs and crap like this today? But Jamar Chase, the speedy receiver for the Bengals, asked, all right, you're going into a, you know, a frigid Arrowhead Stadium, or Burrowhead, as some of the guys are calling it, right? right? Um, are you guys ready for those temperatures at Arrowhead? We don't play in every weather. Uh, it's not about us being ready. It's about us being prepared for the situation. Um, execute when it's time to execute. And, you know what I'm saying, make the first downs and it's it contested catches. That's what it's all about. You hit the gritty, and then you went into the fadeaway. Do, do you have something special this week, potentially, another twist on the, the gritty? I've been saving that gritty for a long time, like really long time, bro. I've been doing that, but I just never bring it out. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do, honestly, man. I'm just going to go out there and have fun. The uh, Zach Taylor, a guy that uh, a lot of people in Cincinnati wasn't fond of, didn't think he could get him to this this point again. Two losing and seasons now, the yeah. first two years. And now he's back-to-back, so he's, he's shooting for his second Super Bowl appearance in two years. And where this guy has really grown, Bill, is a motivator, and he digs and he digs for stories. There's this great story where Zach Taylor said, okay, i got to come up with something else. I need more a more physical team. So he, did you ever see a movie called A Bronx Tale? Yeah. It's a movie about the mafia from like the 80s or so. Yeah. So there's one scene where they're in a bar. And, you know, the mob guys are all dressed really nice. The wise guys have beautiful suits on. And uh, a, a, a bunch of biker guys, like real dirtball guys, you know, that right. are looking for fights and stuff. They happen to be taken over the bar early in the middle of the day. Eight or nine of these guys. And, the, and so, the, you know, the, the mafia guy says, all right. We'll open the bar for you. So within a couple of minutes, these guys start intimidating the bartenders and making fun of them and spraying them with beer and whatever. 
So the mob guy is not happy. And he goes, you, you guys need to leave now. Right. And the biker's like, you know, you're looking at this guy in a suit. These are biker guys. So you see the guy go and lock the door to the bar. And he calls out a bunch of his mafia thugs out the back room. Yeah. And they all come with baseball bats and beat the crap yeah. out of the bikers. Right. He plays that clip. Zach Taylor plays. He, he brings his team into the meeting room. And on the table is a brand-new Louisville Slugler for each player on the Bengals. Yeah. And he had sent one of his trainer to go down to Louisville from Cincinnati, not far away, to special order to get these things, these bats. So the guys walk in the room and like, okay, what's the deal with the bats? Here, everybody's got a bat. You got a bat, you got a bat. Watch this clip from the movie. All these guys beat the crap out of these bikers. That's how he gets into their head. Yeah. That's how he gets into their head. A great motivator. He's, I think he's a great coach. He also was asked about, what's it take to be a good quarterback coach for Joe Burrow? Dan Pitcher's a guy doing all like that. He replaced Alex Van Pelt. And here, listen to Zach Taylor talk about that. You've got to be able to see it like they do. I believe that. Um, put yourself into their shoes as best you can, even if you haven't operated at that level that they have to. I think that there's, there's a respect there. Not all the time. I've seen plenty of guys that didn't play the position that are excellent quarterback coaches in this league. Um, it's something that maybe gives you a leg up, a little bit of an advantage to put yourself in that position. Uh, but but you, you got to work hard because those guys typically have a lot of questions that are outside the box, and and you better be on top of it. And and there's plenty of times where you can say I, I don't know, you know, but you don't want to say that too often. You don't want to genuinely say that too often because maybe you haven't put in the work, you're not prepared for that response. And the more you're around certain guys, the more you can anticipate what they're looking for and the questions they're going to ask. And so you can prep yourself that way to make sure you've gained that information before that question's asked. Um, and then there's just the, the honest feedback. There, there's plenty of times where um, I would hope that that pitch is there as a, as a venting area. You know, Joe may be frustrated with something about me or the team or Brian or somebody, and quarterback coach has got to be there to be that um, liaison that you can kind of vent through sometimes, and that's that's perfectly acceptable. And anytime you, you're around somebody seven straight months, nine straight, 12 straight months, whatever, we've been around each other, um, you know, you got to have that person that you, you trust. You can kind of get something off your chest and then move forward. And um, that, that's a big component in the quarterback room as well. And that's why you see a lot of great quarterbacks kind of have their guy that they that they lean on in that room. And um, they've got that trust there. And, and Dan has certainly been that for, for Joe. And then that uh, that game, it's really going to hinge on how bad or how good the ankle is or how what the recovery has been for Patrick Mahomes, too. Everybody in the media in Kansas City this week, Bill's been trying to get a glimpse of Patrick Mahomes walking from the facility, walking into the press conferences. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid talked about that. Patrick admitted, uh, maybe I'm not 100%. Obviously, it's things you had to work through here and there. Um, but overall, uh, probably better than I expected, being able to go out there and, and throw the football around and get the reps in that I needed to get in. I thought everybody picked their game up. Did a nice job with that. And, well, the guys aren't, you know, they don't talk about that. But, I mean, I think they're, everybody, you know, it was, uh, it was impressive to see everybody lift their game up. Uh, they, they have a, a pretty healthy amount of defensive things that they've done throughout the year. And um, I'm sure they'll have a wrinkle here or there for us coming into this one. Clearly in the past month, the Bengals have been the best performing team. I mean, I know some some analysts were saying in early December, watch the Bengals. They're getting it together. And by God, they were right. And so this was an interesting quote from Willie Gay, 
the linebacker for the Chiefs. You know, you got this hot offense with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and all this. You know, what do you think, what are you most concerned about this Bengals offense? <laughs> okay, oh, Willie. But, but, but you know what about Joe Burrow and Chase, you know, and Mixon and, and the way they, you know, beat the Bills and got after Josh Allen? What do you think is, is the biggest thing you need to prepare for? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> there right. you go. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, we're going to, when we come back, we're going to give away the TV. Hopefully everybody's ready here to uh, maybe hear their name called. We're going to give away the TV here in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. A lot more coming from the Stillery here in Grafton. The Bill Michael Show continues right after Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I'm going to miss your questions, Bill. And Mike Clemens taking 10 seconds to do a lead-up. Welcome back to the program. Bill Michael Show on the air. We got our final segment. It has been a uh, blast out here at Distillery in Grafton. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Mike Clemens alongside. We got a couple of minutes before we get out of here. Are really of... that long-winded? Well, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it... Thanks to Wayne Larrabee, by the way. For those that got a chance to hear Wayne Larrabee, the voice of the Packers, join us for a little while. Wayne was fantastic. But I don't know if people come to see us or the shot at uh, drinking extra Bud Lights and then possibly winning the TV. But we promised we'd give it away. And so only the people that were here today were registered for this thing. So Rob, who has uh, served me many a whiskeys and many a beers here already, uh, not just today, but just in general, because, uh, no, I didn't drink today, uh, but is going to draw the winning name for this uh, for this 55-inch LG big screen TV. Rob, go ahead and do the honors. Rob lost his voice last night, too, by the way. So I don't know what he was doing, but he lost it somehow. Right. Having fun. Sean Butt. Sean Butt. Sean Butt. He's, he's actually got a phone number. That's his real name. I'm not kidding. Right there. There he is. Sean. Sean. Congratulations. Grab it and take it home. Way they, to need go. The, they need the table space. There you go. Congratulations. Sean's here. He's on Thank site. You, he's a winner. So fantastic. 55-inch big screen TV. Takes it for the NFC, the AFC Championship Games, the Super Bowl. It'll be home in his house uh, as soon as he can get it into his truck. But Sean is a winner, so congratulations. That's fantastic. Good stuff. Mike, thanks for coming out, man. You bet, pal. Anytime. Appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate I know you're right. we'd have you say something, but you're just, well, yeah, he's all scratched up at this point. Yeah. So who you got this weekend, real quick? I think Sean, who just won the TV, is going to see the Eagles win and the Chiefs win. The Eagles and the Chiefs. Yeah. Can't Cincinnati can't do it four straight times against the Chiefs. That and then, you know, I, 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 yeah, and the home field advantage again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I just think that uh, this time the Chiefs are going to get in there, and yeah. that's also going to be a crazy Super Bowl to watch the right. Eagles go up against the Chiefs as well. Thanks again to Tim, to Mallory, to everybody that came out today. Give yourselves a nice round of applause. Thank you so much for coming out and hanging out with us. We certainly appreciate it. Congratulations to Sean winning the television. Thanks to Wayne Larry, the voice of the Green Bay Packers. Have a great weekend. Let's drink. Now we can. The weekend has officially begun. Until then, time for us to get out of here. Have a good one. Boop.